Welcome to the 143rd installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's audio podcast on family farming, sustainable agriculture, local food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. On a wintry Saturday in January 2014, over 225 people gathered in the southeast Minnesota community of Winona for the Land Stewardship Project's Citizens Fraxad Summit. This day-long event provided an opportunity for citizens to address one of the region's most pressing environmental issues, the mining of silica sand for use in hydraulic fracturing of oil and gas reserves. It turns out southeast Minnesota and western Wisconsin have vast amounts of just the kind of silica sand the industry is looking for. During the past few years, western Wisconsin in particular has experienced a kind of gold rush as massive corporations work to strip mine as much sand as possible and ship it to oil and gas drilling operations in places like Texas and North Dakota. The result has been decimated landscapes. Entire hilltops have been removed, ruining farmland and eliminating the natural water purifying services sand can provide. In addition, frac sand processing facilities are producing air and water pollution. To top it off, rural roadways are being inundated with an unprecedented amount of truck traffic that's dangerous, polluting, and harmful to the transportation infrastructure of small communities. Now the frac sand industry has its eyes on southeast Minnesota and has in recent years used intimidation, government lobbying, and in some cases outright misinformation to get a foothold in the region. But citizens are fighting back. With the help of the Land Stewardship Project, several communities have established moratoriums on frac sand mining and processing while they develop planning and zoning regulations. In addition, LSB members and others have been organizing at the state capitol, where they are calling for strict regulations on frac sand activities, including an outright ban on the industry in southeast Minnesota's fragile karst region. The Frac Sand Citizen Summit brought together people from around the region to share strategy, learn from experts, and strengthen the movement to keep frac sand mining from destroying communities in southeast Minnesota and beyond. Featured speakers included citizens, local government experts, farmers, energy experts, and scientists who are doing cutting-edge research on the effects of silica sand exposure. This podcast is the second in a series of programs featuring excerpts of presentations from LSP's Frac Sand Citizen Summit. In this installment, Southeast Minnesota farmer Bob Christie talks about how shocked he was to learn that the industry considered his soil simply a waste product that was in the way of getting at the silica sand beneath. The soft-spoken Christie also provides a from-the-heart description of the impact frac sand mining could have on farmers and farmland in the region. My name is Bob Christie, and I've lived and farmed in Winona County for my entire life. My wife Marilyn and I have three daughters and seven grandchildren. We farm 320 acres, of which 215 acres are tillable, with the balance being rolling pasture land and woodland. We raise corn beans, alfalfa, and oats, and fatten 125 to 150 Holstein steers annually. For 35 years, we also operated a 40-cow dairy. The hours are many, but it has been an occupation I love. This is my vision of a family farm. It is my hope that one day one of my children or grandchildren will have the opportunities I have had to farm. Not until you have farmed a lifetime can you know the bond you feel with our land and livestock. I believe it is that bond that compelled me to get involved with the frac sand discussion and my presence here today. It started for me some two years ago when I was approached by individuals wanting to purchase 80 acres of my farm for sand production. Not knowing what I know today, I asked for what purpose. 
I was told it would be railed to Texas and used for glass production. This became my first lesson on the integrity of the sand industry. Somewhat perplexed, I told the individuals the ground they wanted was cropland, pasture, and woodland, not sand. I was quickly told what they needed lay beneath what I saw. They would push off the overburden and waste to get to the sand. Surely, not the 45 acres of cropland, where each year I dreamed to produce more than the year before, could be considered overburdened waste, could it? Surely, not the hills of grass, where in mid-May my dairy cows grazed until with their bellies bulging they lay content in the afternoon sun. Could be overburdened waste, could it? And most certainly, not the brush in the woodland, where each spring in a turkey blind or fall in a deer stand, with my grandchildren, eternal memories are formed. That could possibly be overburdened waste. We all have two eyes, but what we see is often very different as individuals. This was lesson two I learned about the frack sand industry and their ethics. I'm fortunate to have made a good living farming, so their million dollar payday was of no interest to me or my vision of land use. I kindly asked them to leave and not come back. Others, I'm afraid, may not share my vision and bad choices will be made. It is my belief that to own land only gives us a lifetime lease on it. It is our moral responsibility to pass it on to the next generation in as good or better condition than we receive it. It is the way that not only agriculture, but all of life is sustainable. I don't believe anything that I have witnessed in the frack sand industry makes that an achievable goal. I have concerns about the unaffordability of land for beginning farmers as a result of escalating land prices caused by individuals selling marginal land and using the profits to price it beyond the reach of all but the rich. I have concerns for the complexity of the industry, industrial and agricultural zones overlapping. I have concerns of rising property taxes attributed to inflated land values. And I wonder, what will happen to our groundwater after removing 20, 40, or 80 feet of sand, nature's perfect filter? Will our aquifers be sustainable to the water demands of processing plants and the threat from chemical wash ponds? What will be the effect on our air quality from silica dust? Will the tremendous sand truck traffic be compatible with public as well as agricultural commerce, both truck and tractors? Who will bear the burden of road repairs? What will be the effect on tourism, the lifeblood of so many communities in southeast Minnesota? It was my involvement with discussions on the sand processing plant proposed for the city of St. Charles that quickly educated me on the realities of the sand industry. It allowed me the opportunity to be part of a tour to see firsthand what the sand industry was doing for Wisconsin. As they say, a picture is worth a thousand words and this tour was worth many more. Every decision maker should be required to view firsthand the sand industry in Wisconsin before offering a yes or no vote on policy making. This tour impacted me in a way I hadn't imagined it could, with processing plant after processing plant operating or under construction with trucks everywhere, but nothing affected me more than our stop at the Superior Sand Mine. It was there that the full wrath of the industry could be witnessed. I looked up at those beautiful hills of pines and hardwoods, clear cut from top to bottom, being those clean of all life to expose mountains of white sand. 
sick and feeling of what I saw has compelled me to help in any way I can to keep this industry from destroying our beautiful region of Southeast Minnesota. I hope my time today... I hope my time today has allowed you to feel the sincerity of my effort to keep Southeast Minnesota as it is today, not only for my generation, but for many generations to come. There are many young people who want to farm, and we must do what we can to make that happen. And I hope my involvement today, you might see yourself in my thoughts, and that you too will wish to become more involved in this endeavor. Thank you. For information on the Citizens for Axan Summit, see www.landstewardshipproject.org and follow the Organizing for Change links to the report from the Citizens for Axan Summit page. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-722-6377. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.